1: Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky Podcast.
0: Welcome. We got two incredible guests. Um, You guys are going to be stoked on this. We got a veteran in the industry, curator of Roxy with 20 years at Quicksilver. And then we have the women's face of Roxy, the 90s, embedded. I mean, I don't even know. She just dominated the sport the entire decade, I think, and uh, she won four consecutive world titles, Lisa Anderson. Consecutive? Welcome, consecutive. Right. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Holy crap.
3: Wait, Thanks don't you need for... to win 11 to be cool these days? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
0: that's awesome. Randy, Randy how many
3: world titles you got, Randy.
0: I got nothing, but I'm, I draft behind you, and that's all I need. That's all you need. So, well, thank you guys for uh, coming on the show.
1: All right. Sure. Uh, we're sure. We're going to start off, ladies, first. Okay? And we kind of start off, the first question is, uh, where were you born, and how'd you get in the surfing, Lisa?
3: Whew. That's a deep <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> well, I was born in um, Amneyville, New York.
1: New York. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, Did you live in that crazy uh, horror house, Amityville Horror no, House?
3: No, I was born in Lindenhurst Hospital, which is in Amityville. And then Lindenhurst Hospital ended up turning into a psych ward.
1: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's a cool name, Lindenhurst, but.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, right up, right not far from Lindenhurst is a town called Huntington Beach. So it's kind of funny. What? How weird. Yeah. Or Huntington. Yeah, Huntington. Something like that. On the way to, like, Montauk. But um, I got into surfing when I moved to Florida, which is, wasn't until, like, um, the like, m- early 80s. Early so, 80s. Yeah, and uh, just, we moved from, I lived in Virginia for some time, grew up there mostly, and then moved to Florida when I was in middle school and started surfing because we moved, like, a block from the beach and, like... I didn't have any friends. So that was kind of like my, I gravitated towards the beach. I lived a block away. I walked down because everyone used to hang out at the spot. So I basically just ended up, um, you know, to meet friends. I just started going in the ocean and surfing, borrowing boards and stuff. Was there I, other
0: girls surfing at that time?
3: Not really. I mean, I don't remember seeing any of you. There might've been just, there might've been, but I don't remember too much. About so that. you weren't
1: too shy. You're just like, screw it. I'm going out there. I'm going to meet some <laughs> um, people.
3: I'm pretty sure I would have had you know whatever my way was back then. I, I'm I was a tomboy, duh. But yeah, so <laughs> I just I just kind of gravitated towards all the dudes and I like, hung out with them and and uh, yeah, just the beach was such a you know cool place and um you know eventually like I just sort of palled around with a few few of the guys and and learned to surf. Nice.
0: Do you remember your first surfboard?
3: I do. It was, it was pink. Uh, that's all I remember. I knew one of the guys from, um, Daytona had made it. Um, I borrowed, um, one of the guys boards all the time at the beach, but then a few of the crew got together and made one for me. Wow. So it was like a little pink twin fin. Uh, that's all I really remember. My dad kind of destroyed that for me, so I didn't keep it, but I wish I had kept it.
1: So (laughs) how, how was your progression? It sounds like you got, Good pretty quickly or what?
3: Um, I don't, I mean, God, so vague. I don't remember so much about my learning the surf. I do remember just like trying to get out in the surf because Florida, I mean, you tend to get like these swells that are wind swells and the, the currents are just.
4: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
0: But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: It's crazy. So people would just do pickups and jump in the pickup truck and get dropped off like a couple miles up the beach and then paddle out and then you just drift Drift so far. And so um, I would not make it out. And then have to walk back up the beach like a mile, jump back in and try again and try again. It was was like duck diving, duck diving. So for me, it was just like, you know, I I eventually like just stood up on waves and started riding the face of the waves, which was kind of, I remember like one time when I did that and then it just was like instant hooked. You're just hooked.
1: That's cool. We know that hook. We
0: love it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's such a cool feeling.
1: Okay. Randy, you're up, bud. Bye, buddy. How, how did you get into uh, the, the the wonderful world of surfing?
4: Uh, Ray Bay. No way! 1968, riding a Chuck Dent, round pin.
1: Wow.
4: Ray Bay. Wow. Who, who introduced epic. you into surfing? Uh, You know what? I think it was some older dudes. We were all in Boy Scouts together. So, um, you know, about age 12... Um, we all discovered surfing together and quickly quit Boy Scouts and became <laughs> Ray, Ray, Ray Bay numbskulls for sure. Um, so, are you from
1: Seal Beach then,
4: or? No, so I, I grew up in Garden Grove with um, friends of Sean Stucy. We're both fellow Grovers, as as is most of the people that work at Huntington Surfing Surf Sport. Yeah. I think. Um, so yeah, we're we're fe- I'm a fellow Grover and just rode my bike to Ray Bay. That was the closest beach to where I lived and. We would make those little racks, you know, we'd rip the wheels off of the local local shopping balls, you know, the little little shopping carts. We'd take the wheels off and steal two by fours from Lumberyard and make a surf rack and that could go to our bike and ride our bikes to Ray Bay.
0: Wow. Uh, you mean
4: surf awesome. racks back then?
1: No, we would make like it. a trailer?
4: Yeah, we'd make a little trailer
1: for the back of our ten-speed goofy bikes. You know, damn, just... you guys are smart. I I, I handheld my board for my my rides to the beach. Yeah,
0: Linden, but he was in the Boy Scouts, so you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they did. Come yeah. on, we we build stuff, we make stuff, we save lives.
4: We be, we're prepared, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I had one handbrake. <laughs> yeah, and spiked metal pedals. <laughs>
0: So, Randy, it was just you and, like, kind of your your, your young crew. Was there any, um, like, father figures that drove you guys down at all, or did you have friends? Not
4: really. I mean, the moms would drive us, and as soon as we got cars, we, we you know, head straight for Huntington. So we kind of hung out at Golden West, 17th Street, the wall, we call it. That was our high school spot. And then yeah. as soon as I got a job and could, could bail, I moved to Newport and was part of the Echo Beach crew and the— you know, late seventies, early eighties, not really in the crew, not fifty fourth guy. I was more fortieth Street, just but kinda lived through that whole era of, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, Newport Beach. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're going way too fast for us here, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Hey, we gotta
0: dissect each one of those segments right there. Yeah.
1: So so Lisa. Yes. You started at 12, 13 years old, something like that, right?
3: Yeah, it's yeah, a little older maybe. Maybe and, 14. but.
1: And then did were you starting to surf like amateur contests, getting in the surfing contest or what? I,
3: I did a couple. I did a couple of those East Coast uh, ESA thingies. But um, you had to
0: compete against the boys, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, there, a lot of times there weren't girls to fill up a, a heat. Yeah. So, you um, know, I would just surf in guys' heats or something like that or... They would have, if the, if another girl showed up, it'd be two girls and you guaranteed a trophy. So I was just like, sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's, I mean, I only did a couple before. I mean, it, it all happened so fast. I started surfing and then, like, not long, maybe a few months after that is when I bailed. So
1: you, when, when you say bailed, you, you ran away and came yeah. to Huntington?
3: And then I came to HB. And um, then. Uh, so what, you were yeah. like 15, 14? Yeah, 15, almost 16, or right about there.
0: Dude. And that's just because the parents weren't, weren't, weren't psyched on your surfing? Mm,
3: yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on back yeah. you know, the You know, just my parents were going through stuff. But um, I just, yeah, I was a little shithead. I was pretty much a delinquent, so yeah. I, I bailed. And, bailed? And you had, and <laughs> without you had getting a, into it too much. Do you have friends in Huntington already that you uh, were connected I with? Did. I did. One, yeah. one of the crew that helped build that surf, first surfboard for me was in Huntington. He actually worked at Spanner's
1: yeah uh, spanners
3: right he was a he was a surfboard builder by trade and um he had been all over like he'd been to hawaii made boards you know he's a glasser um and then so when i first moved out there with him uh you know i i i went to spanners and started sanding wet sanding boards like kind of helping him
1: wow to, with no like, experience made, just just said you know what i need to get a job i'm gonna I'm right, right, to sand right boards. Cool. Right,
3: So I started doing that and I, I kind of just didn't really care for that too much. But I ended up working in Mazzotti's.
0: Yes. At the tables. <laughs> Mazzotti's rocked.
3: <laughs> and so Huntington Beach yeah. was
1: kind of freaking shady back then too, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. Remember that? What's that place called on the corner? Like where we're Chuck Dances now that used to be um, like a, a nightclub, like a punk rock. Mazzotti's place. you mean? No, no, no! What Chuck Jens is right now. Oh, now! Oh, oh! Yeah, I can't remember that Off place. But, Adams. But where Starbucks is there used to be, a big empty parking lot. You know, but next to uh, like all that was just so different then. Yeah, you know, yeah. Big parking was lot was so
1: different when you when you first well yeah. yeah when you first came out here.
0: So, but there's a lot of Florida, like <laughs> surfers that would come out and spend the summers there, and and yep. come and hang out. That do the do the events, you know, on the West Coast in the summer, or just come out and surf
3: yeah yep yeah. our little buddy Slater used to come out all the time, and I was working in a frozen yogurt shop actually next to Sugar shack and uh, <laughs> he came in to get frozen yogurt a bunch
1: and you know who <laughs> you knew who he was back then?
3: yeah he was I mean, already
1: kind of like a surfing star,
3: yeah I mean, I was still doing contests, so i was uh went over to the East Coast championships, and uh you know he would just he's so funny like he would even then they're like calling him for his heat, and he's like. Not showing up to get his jersey, and he's only like fifteen, you know. Too cool already, huh? He's still too cool, dog, to get his jersey, and uh, it's pretty funny. Um, Uh, Hey,
0: those guys only need fifteen minutes. I only need five. So, (laughs) so (laughs) going out
3: with (laughs) like a minute, (laughs) a minute late in the heat and wind.
1: Going back to uh, first coming over. I mean, even before coming over, what what uh, were the deciding factors to for you to like up and leave? And how did you get the money? Like. That's kind of crazy for a fifteen-year-old.
3: Yes, yeah, so I worked with my mom at a pancake house, so I had like, I was bussing tables. So that's kind of, like, my little thing. And I had some money, maybe like two hundred dollars. Um, this is just going to be real quick because it's too long. But I basically knew I was going to bail when one that person had communicated with me in California and said, "Hey, you know, want you ever thought about coming out here?" And I was like, in trouble. Sure, You know, I had been in uh, juvenile detention for having a moped in my possession that was not mine. <laughs> and uh, so basically when I was on home arrest, I just uh, bailed. My mom had gone out of town. My dad was like kind of just not really coherent. He was in and out of the house. Like, I don't know. He was in his own world. So I just bailed one day. I called a cab. He, he quoted me $80 to Orlando. Holy so crap. I had so I got to Orlando Airport, never been on a plane before, bought a ticket for $190 to LAX <laughs> one way and then got on the plane like six hours later.
1: No one questioned your like age or –
3: Oh, come on, dude. No. this, is, this no. is back
1: in the day. Nobody-
0: no. wow. like you, Who-
3: I just went to every counter like, hey, what's, what, what's your cheapest flight one way to Los Angeles um, and it was Eastern Airlines. I remember that. <laughs> Those guys are gone, right? There's no Eastern Airlines. Yeah. No, crazy. Yeah, I That's just remember why. there was no flight. There was no flights till the next morning. I had to sleep on the floor in the airport that night. Dude, you're so gnarly, great.
1: gnarly.
3: <laughs> so, Randy, you
0: went to you went to uh, Garden Grove High or some one of the schools there. Did you go to yeah. college after? Yeah, it was like a High School
4: uh, was the high school, and then Golden West College, right in HBE, and then Long Beach State uh, was kind of my educational path but um
1: took you're the smartest to... guy on facetime right now
4: <laughs> no, no, no. It, took me, it took me seven years to finish four years of school so no i, I wouldn't
1: say i was smart <laughs> hey was, Brady, don't feel your... bad it took me seven <laughs> years not to finish
2: <laughs> it
0: took him seven years to figure out i, I don't need to be here <laughs> What were you majoring in? What were you uh, interested in? What were...
2: uh, I was
4: an art. I was an art major with the dream of I'm going to be some studio artist and just make cool looking stuff and surf all day and live the dream. And then I graduated, and the reality of how to pay rent was was in my face. And were you painting couple... or like were you yeah, drawing? Yeah, and... kind of every, everything. Drawing. I was a drawing painting major, so I was yeah. a fine art major. Did you know? Did big canvases to little drawings to describe. To describe what you him. what
1: your inspiration was like. Yeah. What what kind of stuff did you paint?
4: Uh, you know, kind of pop art was always my influence. You know, okay. everything from Andy Andy Warhol to yeah, yeah. kind of it was that era, right? And yeah. then you know, my, my real icons were guys that lived in L.A. in Venice. You know, Ed Ruscha. You know, Edward Moses. And this group of guys. They were all kind of surf guys that just were living the dream. So. I kind of look to those guys like, oh, I want to do that. That's yeah. what I want to do. I want to work in a studio and just be on my own schedule. But then reality sits in and, you know, real job sets in and kind of, how do I do all this? And
1: Were you, you watching know, uh, Stussy kind of blossoming blossoming into what he was becoming? Or
4: Yeah, he was still kind of just, this is kind of pre-shaping. He was okay. still kind of sweeping floors at Chuck Dan. That's how we kind of first met. It was actually an HB, you know, so... Yeah, he was just a grommet, you know, groupie like I was hanging around the pier, you know, kinda kinda Lisa's story, but just different, you know, like ten years earlier and just just a grommet. We were you know, not on the pro surfing path, but just you know, we were just both stoked on the surf deal, you know, so we were just groupies, you know.
1: That's awesome.
4: I I never shaped or anything, you know, but I was surely surfing Huntington Beach and hung up at Georgia's Surf Center and you know Got smoothies (laughs) and some
3: Jans,
4: (laughs) Jans and saw cool George with all the cool chicks. Yeah, no,
2: come on, I would have did (laughs) that. So it's
0: interesting. It's sorry, it's interesting that you know we all have similar stories of like we grew up inside surf shops. You know, when we're kids and we're infused in this culture and the surfing and. I mean, everybody always asks like, hey, how did you get into the industry and do this? It's like, I don't, I don't know. I was always in the industry. I don't, I don't, I can tell you like, this is just what, you know, what we did. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It comes down to passion. You know, I mean, I I teach a few classes up at Art Center, you know, and and the students always want to ask, how'd you get your career? You know, how'd, how'd you do it? And, and, you know, I basically just say what you just said. I just like, you just, you've got to really, you got to touch on your passion, whatever that is, you know, whether it's. Whether it's being your dreams to be a car designer or, or, or dream to be a, you know, lifestyle of surfing, just you got to commit, you know? So I think that's, you know, that's the best tip I could give anyone. It's just stay true to who you are, you know?
1: Yeah. So, so Lisa, going back to you, you're in Huntington Beach. Do you remember like who, what the local crew that you surfed, you know, with and against and yeah. whatever?
3: Yeah, I mean... For sure. I mean, there's still guys out at Northside right now, <laughs> still, <laughs> still harassing you when you go out there. Um, actually, pre- guys I'll- are pretty cool now. They're like, "Hey, I remember you. You're like this big or something." You're like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you talk about surf shops, for I mean, obviously, there's some there were some good times. Like one one memory I I have is like at Robert August shop before it burnt down. You know? Yeah. And there'd be like I think the first pro surfers, like legit pros I met, were like Michael Ho, Derek Ho, Hans Hiedeman. Basically like the the victory team. Yeah. the yeah. victory wetsuits yeah. was like kind of a, a big deal and so there'd be like um Kim Kim Merrick and stuff like that in her famous pink and yellow yeah suit. Yeah. And <clears throat> the guys would just come in from surfing and just hang out at the shop. I mean, that's what you did. You just everyone would just put their boards in the side rack, you know, and just Shower off in the back or whatever, change and then hang out. Yeah, and, it was
0: definitely the hot spot.
3: Yeah, it was super fun, and I'm I'm trying to uh, think:
1: Was Nia Post still was? Uh, yeah. she was. Was she your age or she younger?
3: She's younger, but um, but not much. Younger. Not much, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Because she I mean, was
1: like the only like real Huntington Beach surfer from from back then.
3: And then there was also Janice Aragon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Janus still ripped. rolling. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, nail was so super cool, um, and I didn't go to school, so like everyone was like, "How come you're not in school?" Like, oh. <laughs> um, so I got to yeah. tell
1: you a funny story, Lisa. You and I had a run in.
2: Oh yeah, I, I, I had to bring care? this up. I'm so no, glad dude, Alzheimer's, she's Lisa. Lisa,
1: you, you had kind of like that bowl cut, you know, and. <laughs> I think you were wearing. I I, I kind of. I distinctly remember you were wearing a, a spring suit, Alita spring suit. It was like gray. You. I took off on a wave. You took off in front of me and just kept going. Didn't look back. And then I cut out. You cut out. And you turned around. And you go what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like nothing. <laughs> that, that could have been a John Parmenter influence, or uh, could have been, uh, bad yeah, Bam yeah. uh, that John or Dave, I, I, one of the I, other Craig Coleman probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, those guys
1: were enforcers, man.
3: Yeah, I think that those guys were me gnarly, and they didn't.
1: They, s- was Craig Coleman like, from Huntington Beach? No, right.
3: No, but I think that just having that like, you know, and then I then I lived with Richie Collins for a while which was extremely <laughs> messed up. Oh, was, how long was that stint? Not his not him but his sister and Greg Mungle actually, but Okay. Um,
2: I love um, Mungle.
3: But just like if you think about those characters like the negative just that negative energy that yeah. I had to deal with and then that that ended up like you know, made making me, you tougher. Made me, yeah, made me in a good way, but then sometimes like now, when I look back, when I get those like <laughs> temper tantrums, that's where it comes from.
1: I I look back at that and just laugh my ass off because I'm like, whoa! I got snaked by the by the four time world champion. Oh, no, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry, it. it's too late to say I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> no,
1: I don't care, man. He deserved it. I probably deserved it. I've done it before. I owe you one.
3: I owe you one. <laughs> no, no, don't
1: worry about it. So, so how? I mean. Who was your first sponsor once you got into Huntington?
3: Uh, it was Alita Wetsuits.
1: Alita Wetsuits, okay.
3: Yeah, Wayne Brown, um, I'm, the late Wayne Brown. I mean, the, him, uh, his crew there. They were also located in Huntington, Yeah. Right, yeah. See, right where what well, the parking lot is, like where, um, is it? Like the candy store, the chocolate store, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out? Anyway, so they they had their factory right there. I mean, it was you know pretty crazy, and then. Um, through those guys and then they had what was the surf shop across from that was it their surf shop, I think was a surf shop. what was the name of that place
2: um yeah. i don't remember
3: but that was my first sponsor as far as like sticker You had a wetsuit because i didn't have a wetsuit i was freezing I, was, yeah. I i i ended up getting a surfboard that was shaped by uh randy rarick that wow. was sitting on the rack so that was like the board i learned to surf on on the north side pretty much so. And Is then that, the ballisters, Then the, the balusters came. Tom Ballister. Yeah. And then I got sponsored by those guys. So. And Ballister. Any clothing sponsors yet? Uh, I think later, a little bit later, offshore. Okay. Offshore, yeah. Through Craig Komen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. And, and were you competing on, like, the, you know, I don't even know what they had back then. WSA, <laughs> I was just doing NSSA. the
3: NSSAs and all that stuff. Like, the NSSAs, the WSAP. S-A-A, I don't know, there's so many of <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: Like, all those, like, contests and stuff, and then, yeah, just kind of hanging out at the contest. It was best to, like, find a contest, stay there all day, because I was so worried about, like, you know, just, a, I was a street kid, so I had nowhere else to go. Yeah.
2: Damn,
1: yeah. that's crazy. Um, At 15, 16 years old. So, that's a...
3: Yeah. <laughs> Randy, that's you a, didn't rescue me soon enough.
1: <laughs> uh, <I> know, man. <laughs> so, Randy,
0: went. What did you, what, what work did you do while going through college? where did you work? Um, you know, after college, I kind of quickly bailed.
4: I had some friends and started a company in Santa Barbara. Um, so I had about a 10 year run working in Santa Barbara, not in the surf industry, but then, you know, again, but started hanging at surf shops, Roger Nance at Surf and Wear and, the, and Al, Al Merrick and a good friend who was the Rip Curl rep at the time, Marty Gilchrist was a good friend, still is a good friend. And he just got me into the industry me to the ASR show in 1982. I remember it like it was yesterday. He goes, "Man, you got to come check out this trade show. Yeah, whatever. Why? Why? Yeah, no, it's what's happening. You should see it. And I walk in the front doors at Long Beach Convention Center, 82. And, you know, Quicksilver barely had a booth. Gotcha was kind of rock. And Jimmy Z had a big, huge booth. OP had, had the biggest booth. And it was just like it just clicked it was just like dang this is what i want to do i want to work in this industry. <laughs> so you know you know long story short you know i ended up back in orange county 10 years later working at, at at roxy and and mcknight hired me in 91 i think it was um they actually acquired a swimwear company i worked at called raisin swimwear mm. um and i so that there was your my-
1: first job raisins
4: That was my real first job, kind of in the industry, real legit, Um, and, you know, they did trade shows. Um, I kind of, I did sales marketing, did everything for them, kind of got my feet wet a little bit in the industry, and then Quicksilver acquired them in 91 with the intention of, let's bring some women's expertise into our building. You know, we got just a bunch of, this boys club, you know, we had Willie Morris selling Roxy, you know, Roxy shorts, you know, kind of thing, and not that he didn't know what he was doing, of course, because he's the legend Willie, but you know, they they learned enough that they learned what they didn't know, right? So they they learned, let, let's get some people that have done some women's experience in the building. So that was a really kind of a nice acquisition. Um, and then, um, yeah, I don't know, we're kind of fast forwarding into like the Lisa era, but
1: yeah, we can't do that. We, we're, we're not going to skip over. There's a lot. Like, yeah, there's a big back gap. Her stories
3: are way more fun. Yeah.
1: So, Lisa, how long were you in Huntington for? And then what happened after Huntington?
3: I mean, this all this crazy stuff happened in, in kind of a year and a half. Like, as far as me leaving Florida, getting to Huntington, surfing, and then competing as an amateur, but then um, just turning pro after, you know, surfing in contests that were pro-ams and couldn't take the money so like there was something in my you know I was thinking god I need the money so <laughs> yeah why why am I like taking you know second after winning these or beating the pros and you know then there was no real, real protocol or or you know you couldn't turn pro till you're 18 or you win won the ISAs all this stuff and I was you know 17 years old with nothing and I was you know so I decided to basically I know what you say I'm pro now like there was no like you know what I mean yeah like a contract but um so I just uh you know started the pursuit of you know wanting to compete on tour but I had to like start you know asking for money and sponsorship yeah and and, and during all that I was like you know Mm -hmm. hanging with Dave Parmenter living up in San Luis Obispo like kind of cruising around just you know Went over to Rusty Surfboards, you know. Dave started shaping my boards. Um, just meeting crew, traveling with him, and and um, so, you know so, stuff started to change pretty quick.
1: So you went from Ballister to Parminder's board to Rusty,
3: or or both Rusty and Parminer at the nice, same time. Because nice. yeah, parmenter was shaping with Rusty.
1: It's crazy so, how how uh, how big Rusty surfboards were at that one point huge. in time for the longest yeah. stretch there. Like you know, they had amazing icons of surfing Aki was riding him you were riding him yeah it's crazy and did you notice because I mean I'm sure Larson would would because he's a pro surfer and you're a pro surfer but did you feel like oh shit you know it's not just my mind but from you know not saying that baluster is not a great shaper but you know what I mean like did you feel and see progression yeah when you started riding
3: you know better shapers boards. Yeah. I, I mean, I did. And I had Dave to thank for that because he was always teaching and we were always filming together, videoing our free surfs. And he had a lot, so much knowledge that I tapped into and I uh, wouldn't know that I would need that knowledge until later, but yeah. it was all kind of stored away in memory. But um, yeah, there was a, definitely a lot and a lot of things that he, you know, helped introduce me to, especially Rusty. Rusty and I had a good relationship. Rusty started listening to me and and watching me surf and helping me, uh, you know, understand what surfboards were about and how, and you know, just all that. It's just very confusing. (coughs) And and if you don't have an eye to see things, you're frustrated. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This just feels good under my arm. I think it works good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Watching, watching yourself on video is, is, I mean, probably the best way to improve, but also having the ability to get lots of boards or having somebody fine tune those boards and working together. I mean, you can get a ton of boards, but if that shaper isn't working with you and helping you understand what is good and what is bad, it's it's kind of like you don't yeah, you're, you're you're spinning your wheels and not really yeah. progressing. I
3: mean, how many times do you go into a surf shop and you pick up boards on the rack and you're like, "Oh, this thing feels so sick," and then you end up buying it, yeah, and then you're like, "Why did I buy this thing?" It's not working. <laughs> And then your shapers like, "Why didn't you just order a custom?" Like, like oh, it just felt so good, you know? So, it just goes yeah. to show that um Hey, that's how we used to sell get, surfboards
1: get, at Huntington Surfing Sport. Yeah. <laughs> how good you does that feel into you your arm, man?
2: <laughs> <laughs> how feel, how uh, good does that feel on the rails and
1: the thickness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you you uh you were starting to surf contests and you, did you start winning them? Like, was there was there women's specific contests yet or
3: there were, uh, yeah, there were some women. Uh, I, I didn't lose a single contest, you know, um, for a long time. <laughs> uh, but there was just like, um, not a lot. I mean, I guess there was quite a few girls up and down the coast, but he, I don't think a lot of girls could make it to every contest. I mean, there was just such a lack of like, you know, uh, yeah. support for the girls back then. Obviously, <laughs> you know, it was still very um,
1: male yeah, dominant. Just,
3: yeah, yeah, but I mean, like it's, it's still a new sport overall. Like, right? You know, look how young surfing is is anyway. Who but, do you remember um, who you were competing against back then?
1: Yeah, who was
0: your rival? Yeah,
3: I mean, I was surfing against. Oh gosh, can I even remember these people? Uh, well, obviously Janice was a, one of my big rivals because yeah. she was um, in the so I wasn't in school, so I wasn't allowed to do the opens, which was frustrating because yeah. I would sit there and watch like, it went, uh. but. um you Alyssa, know, there was the- Alyssa Schwartzstein, Alyssa, that- yes, yeah, sorry, Alyssa, um, um oof, Joe, the the Smith twins, I, maybe they were on tour already, mm. but didn't do a lot of the amateur stuff. I honestly, I can't even, I can't remember.
1: But you were winning them, so you you finally pick up like a a sponsor that that gave you a salary.
3: No, I didn't really quite have a salary yet. I I actually went to Bob Hurley after sending letters to everyone from Danny Kwok to to tyler calloway at beach town (laughs) wow to like like, you know i mean there were some stuffy people back then like i was just like maybe i just wasn't the most attractive girl in in the world but i was just like i just need sponsorship and i didn't know how to go about doing it maybe i was just rude or i don't know maybe it was the approach but um
1: but you were doing it it.
3: but bob was like bob's like hey once you check out everyone like i even sent uh, I met Debbie Beecham actually. She sent me, she took me to a trade show in um, San Diego and she introduced me to a lot of the industry people. And uh, i sorry, and who was that? Betty Beecham? Debbie Beecham. Debbie Beecham, okay. Uh, she was a former world champion. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, I just like uh, would send letters to everyone from Levi's, didn't matter. Like, I got their address, I sent it to them. Wow. And um, <laughs> Bob Hurley was just like, if you. You know, you try everyone, you can't figure it out. Give me a call. So I was like, Bob, (laughs) here I am. I just want to go to Japan. Like, there's a contest in Japan. Can you, I would love to just go. That would be my first pro event in Japan. And so I went over there with Billabong on my board. They they bought me a ticket. I stayed with the Billabong team. (laughs) And that's when I first met Aki and Butto and Rabbit and the whole Aussie crew. Wow. And that was like my first, like, big Big introduction to pro surfing.
0: Was that your first like overseas trip or were you, did you do any surfing travel before that? <clears throat> I, did,
3: I did one overseas trip and that was to the World Amateur Champs in England. Uh, and uh, that was the only other time I would flown internationally. Yeah. Wow. But Japan How, like – How would you do
1: the one in, in England? Did you win? I won. <laughs> I
3: got third. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. We went a all the story, way to but... England
1: and got third. Come on,
3: man! Yeah, the stupid thing was like I was having a big fight blow up apparently with uh, Craig Coman and uh, our team captain, which was um, uh, Chris Brown's dad. Okay. And um, I don't know what happened. Apparently, like I was, I won and I could have won, but I went out and just didn't. I surfed whitewashes on purpose to the beach. <sighs> In oh, did take. you have a
1: tantrum then? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. went all the way Greg, to England Greg was and like had a tantrum. Rocks
3: at me or like <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I messed that one up. <laughs> he still got there taking white waters. <laughs> <laughs> How many people were um, in the heat? Uh, what? How many like people were in that heat? Probably. Six. Uh. I I think there's four. Okay. I think four. there's four. I think it was like me, Connie Nixon, uh, and a girl from France, and then I forget who else. But um, yeah, stupid stuff like, that. <laughs> stuff like that. I'll show you. Yeah, stupid stuff.
1: You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to take off the whitewash.
3: <laughs> so those are my memories that I have. That sounds pretty messed up, right? That's awesome. <laughs>
1: so so Japan was your first like major... Yeah professional yes. world tour um, stop. Yep. And how, how'd you do with that
2: event?
3: I bombed out. Um, I think I got 13th or something like that. Didn't make the main event. I'm not sure, but I didn't do very good because I uh, I didn't make a great impression on, on the other girls. And uh, <laughs> I, just rem- I just remember going back and like packing up my suitcase. I was like ready to, I wasn't going to do the tour. I didn't like it. I didn't like the reception. I didn't like the atmosphere, the pressure. Um, And then I just remember Rabbit giving me a pep talk. Wow. Yeah. And then everyone got drunk that night, and Aki ended up running naked around the house. And and, and Papa san and Mama san (laughs) said that we couldn't stay there anymore because. Cause they, I guess they ripped all the paper off the doors and like, they went crazy. Like,
1: Oh my God. I was a like, traditional... wow, maybe
3: I do want to be on tour. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: classic.
3: And it was a traditional,
1: like Japanese style home, right? Like,
3: yeah, it was very paper uh, doors. It was, and... it was such, it was so bad. Like they were, it was terrible what we did or I didn't do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was crazy.
0: Where, where, where was the contest at there?
3: Um, Chiba? Chiba. Chiba. Yeah. Chiba.
0: yeah. yeah. Um,
3: so what did, but, what and, did rabbit say to you? Oh, he just said, you know, um, cause I was upset and I guess, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like vague, but I think before I got on tour and I was in the, in the magazine quoted as saying something pretty bad. Um, <laughs> when uh, I was asked who I was going to travel with when I started doing the tour. And so that was in quotation marks in the in the. Of in course the it was. Yeah. And um, that was like my first experience of you just can't, you can't say stupid things. <laughs> Plus you you can't even talk to the media like you can't be that honest and open. With your feelings, like straight up, like they're gonna post whatever you say.
2: Wow,
1: it's so, crazy, and we're so in the surf industry.
3: And all the girls were waiting for me with open arms. <laughs> and uh, I got a, I got a lecturing, which is what I deserved. And yeah. so they basically sat me down and said, "Hey, you know that is not cool. You know you're just a little brat. You know, you know they they basically sat me down and just put me in my place. And yeah, I I, I realized that, that was that I messed up. And um, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see like anything getting any better. I, I was just feeling pretty, pretty kicked down. So I, I told Rad with the story and he was like, Hey man, he's like, there, you know, you basically, you know, you got put in your place. They're right. and You're wrong. You need to, you need to, you need to step up and, um, you know, come clean and do, you know, whatever. So,
0: yeah, he, he saw your talent. He saw what you're yeah. capable of. And he was just trying to give you good, you know, guidance and support.
3: For sure, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that event. Rabbit to
1: the rescue! It. Yeah, <laughs> he just called it as he saw it, though. Or you just yeah, called it as he much. saw it he too.
3: Said, you know, you and can't he, do that. <laughs> you just gotta, he,
0: didn't, like... he didn't set Aki down. Told him not to run around naked and rip walls <laughs> down,
3: though. Right. In the meantime, everyone's doing shots. <laughs> So, I mean, then, you know, like the girls just, I think just the fact that the girls stuck together and traveled together to make it on tour, Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, was, that was what people thought. And, um, you know, sure, it might have like led to things like that, but, but that's just human nature. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so at that time, who was your, who did you think that was your rival? Because then uh, it was like I mean <laughs> Is this
0: Is this like 89, 90? This what? is like, yeah.
3: And yeah. so basically then on the tour, like it was top eight. And so you had to surf like trials mm-hmm. to break through, yeah. to to get seated higher, to, you know, kind of get closer to the top eight, which is the main event, to make money. Um, I, I kind of hit a wall every time because I didn't know how to compete. I was like, what's this priority thing? I didn't know what that was. Uh, You know, not sitting and waiting for good waves. Like I was just catching waves and not really, and then kicking out of them. Like no, no idea how to compete whatsoever. That's crazy. So I would just, just keep getting the same result. Ninth, 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 13, 13, 13, 13, until I finally like broke that and got ninth all the time. But then I would, you know how you just get seated against the same surfer every time. You right. You never beat them. That was my whole deal. Like I would get seated against the same person and they just had experience over me. And that's. Who was
1: that? Do you remember?
3: I remember surfing against like Tony Sawyer over and over again. Ah, and also one of the Smith twins over and over again. Who was that? Joe uh,
1: Georgia and Jolene Smith. Yes, yeah. yes. And then was it Pauline Menser? Yes. Jody yes. Cooper, Pam Burge.
3: Yeah. Pam. I was surfing against Wendy Botha, um, Wendy and Zamba. Botha. Kim Kimberly even there. Um, uh, a ton of girls. Um, and I would just get draw the same girl, and she would just know mentally how to get me because I just I was yeah <laughs> oblivious, you know.
1: But. Honestly, I can honestly say, in my opinion, your style was so much better than any of those people.
0: Yeah, you served like a guy, and that's not in any disrespect. That we looked at you as like, wow, she's like the Tom Curran of women. Of yeah, of women, like
3: style. Well, that, that's, then that that would be an actual you know dream come true to be recognized like that. For me, like that's like the highest flattery you could ever have. <laughs> who,
1: who did you kind of like look up to and
3: yeah, pattern yourself? Much. I mean, do you remember, I don't know if you remember Jay, remember Ian Cairns came out with these videotapes. They were called the Fundamentals of Surfing. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: And, and oh my God, where are those things? They're so <laughs> insane. I've been trying to find them, but he can't, he has them. And I had copies of them and Dave and I would watch them over and over and over again. And and this is when I, later on, when I started working with Sonny Miller, I wanted to do something like this with Sonny and do this sort of um, training. Yeah. But the fact that <laughs> the, the, what made it so cool was they zoomed in on Tom's legs, his ankles, his knees, his hands and the rail of his board. And so yeah. it was like this, wow. uh, like a sympathy of, <laughs> I don't know if it was just the most flow master thing you've ever seen. And I was mesmerized. I watched it over and over and over and over. Again. Yeah. It was small little waves of trigs. Like, tiny little waves um and then his his ability to read the wave and do things on the wave was just like i couldn't i was like completely hooked and that for me is probably what i attribute to um Your yeah wanting to surf like that yeah
1: yeah we're Copy. gonna have to get kanga on man that sounds hmm. like we had pt on uh, a couple weeks ago yeah. yeah those guys have done more for for surfing you know the sport of surfing than anybody else Janice Aragon too. Yes,
3: yes. But
1: it's, yeah, it's crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a handful, you know, from Rabbit to Janice, obviously to PT and, yep. and Ian, there's, you know, Randy Rarick and Hawaii. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of just, those, you know, guys that just have embedded themselves in, and making surfing better for the, yeah. for yeah. everybody.
3: Definitely.
0: So, but this isn't about them. It's about you
1: <laughs> and Randy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Miller, <laughs> yeah.
1: So what did you when uh you said you started working with Sonny Miller? What was that uh relationship like? What was that was he filming you? Was he coaching you? What was that?
3: No, Miller no. No, Miller and I didn't start working together till you know, Roxy days. Um and okay, so before, but actually before but I we... remember meeting Miller in Japan, that actual event because he was okay. working at Surfer magazine and he was doing the, the Surfer uh was those shows that he was yeah. doing. <laughs> Every Wednesday
1: um, night they come on.
3: Yeah, so Hot I remember summer being nights there just briefly, like just a little bit. But later on, I you know worked with Sonny with you know Randy and Roxy and and that whole thing, and that was just like you know awesome.
1: Yeah. So after Billabong, then you started writing for
3: Quicksilver. Op. Op.
1: Oh, that's right. I do so remember. So
3: basically, what happened was right around that whole time I was starting to do the tour. Kim Merrick was. Kim Merrick was going to retire mm. and Bonnie Crail worked at OP um, and she called me one day and said, Hey, uh, Kim's going to retire. And we were thinking, you know, maybe you could take her spot. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I'd be on the same team as Tom Crane. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. So yeah, that was like my, um, my next sponsor. Big B was or big B Chris Burke.
1: <laughs> yep. He,
3: he was, uh, the team guy. And I think there was me, Taylor Knox, crew but he basically said okay you know we're going to give you a three-year deal i think it was like 10 or maybe eight grand a year
1: eight grand yeah <laughs> so you're, that you're, was you're missing a zero that there, was lady. huge
3: that was beautiful <laughs> um, eight
1: eight grand a year for three years Yeah,
3: but here's the catch they went bankrupt they went down oh. like the next month they closed shop. Oh. so they uh they ended up yeah, so that was a bummer. And at that time, at that time I was in, had been doing contests in France uh, and whatever, and, and I had met Pierre Agnès. Um, I met Pierre Agnès um, when I was at the ISA, that uh, England event. He was on the French team, briefly, because I rode the French bus back from England to France to go surf over at the beach breaks for the first time with Craig. And so I met Pierre then. So then years uh, a year later or whatever he's the team guy for quicksilver and i'm From i show up at the air, yeah and i show up at the airport in france sitting there with nowhere to go no no place to stay and no. you see him yeah and he sees me sitting there and he's got boothy in the car and and sick and all the crew and noah Boudreaux, <laughs> like all that gang
1: <laughs> wow and he's
3: like hey you know you have nowhere to stay and i you know i was like no so he took me with the crew and i stayed at his mom's house with the quicksilver team and then, you know, he started watching me surf and stuff like that and realized it, you know, that maybe, you know, if I worked hard enough, I could maybe be on the Quicksilver team someday. And it was always about work ethic with him. You know, he had to prove, prove, prove. Wow. And, um, and then he would introduce me to people, which I didn't know later in life, like these people would be a big part of my life. But, um, Bruce Raymond, uh, um, Bob McKnight, um, Harry Hodge, uh, Jeff Hackman, like, Meritre, and so all these people, you know, he would introduce me to in France, like, you know, I, he would teach me like, you know, you have to speak French and you have to kiss and you have to be polite. You're know, like, he was How very, cool. very, very,
1: uh, took you know. under his wing and kind of yeah. glued you. Yeah. yeah
3: what
1: What was didn't... the purpose of that trip? Like what was bringing you out there? A contest
3: or. So, yeah, I was surfing in Now pro and then the hostical pro, um, and then there was like a, a leg of three events and, um, you know, I took, everyone took notice when um, I started surfing in the men's heats out in France.
1: So that's when you started surfing men's heats?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at that time I was, I was wearing rip Curl wetsuits and Derek Hein was kind of coaching me. Brad, you yeah. had Hein coaching you. Sort of.
1: What was what?
0: Why did you want to do the men's events just to get extra practice? Well, Derek thought
3: it would be a really good idea to surf in the men's trials since it was pre-trials, so there was a Mm -hmm. lot of like European surfers, so it would give me good practice to surf in these heats. Yeah, you know, since these guys were um, not like the top guys, but they were good enough to like harass me and and give me some challenges. And so I did. I I had rip roll, um, you know, enter me. Actually, there was going to be like some. There was some debate that they were going to give me the wild card one. One time during Hasagor, and I think I was gonna draw Shmoo. so Shmoo <laughs> so was out on the night before getting drunk, <laughs> thinking he was gonna get me. Uh, anyway, it was kind of funny. Like all did, this stuff, man. There's so many stories I did, could just go off into like the abyss. But,
1: well, um, we'll we'll do a round two sometime later. But um, yeah, did did you ever beat any guys of of notable? notable? <clears throat> so there
3: was. There was a bit of an incident where I um, ended up getting a heat with one young Australian kid, uh, and then one guy from Portugal, one guy from France, and it was really small but super fun little sandbank. And uh, I, the Aussie kid was winning by like, he had everyone comboed, so he was letting me have waves. And the the two European guys were battling it out, and they just got into blows on the beach because <laughs> I, because I got second. <laughs> There was like full fight in on the beach. And you, know, like that, that you know, it's funny. Kind of,
1: I'm sure Derek Hind like had that in his mind that, yeah. dude, let's This put, is going to create good content. Yeah, <laughs> Like that's exactly. going to be good marketing exactly. for Rip Curl.
3: Genius. But then I ended up surfing. This is a good story though. I ended up entering the men's in uh, Beirits and it was big. You know, those big swells that come into Beirits and break off that rock out the back and it was scary. Oh, I surfed the men's trials there and I had a heat with me, Munga. Munga Berry, Jason Buttonshaw, and my friend Greg S from Florida. and Because uh, I'd gotten through a men's pre-trials heat and then got to the main trials. And so that was the crew in my heat, and I ended up losing. I got fourth. But uh, but on that at that event, I rode Curran's 6'6", 6'6 Pintail uh, uh, Black Beauty. And wow. Won, and then won the women's event on that board. Wow. That's insane. In.
1: Yeah. So – Do you remember the first photo you got in the mag? I'm I'm sorry for backtracking, but I think that's a cool.
3: Hmm. No, I don't. I think it was like about this big, like postcard (laughs)
0: size. Usually at the the back where the amateur ranking, you know, heat results are. Yeah, I used to
3: highlight all my name mentions and cut them out, put them in a like book.
1: Yeah, I love it. What about your first cover, of a mag? Well, my
3: only cover. (laughs) You've only got one. Well, I mean, that was in '95, I think, or '96, or '94. '94, yeah. '94, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. So,
1: so after Op, you you, yep. you met Pierre. Yep. And he was kind of the guy that was instrumental of, on getting you on yep. Quicksilver. Now, was Quicksilver sponsoring other women?
3: Uh, not internationally. Maybe some bits and pieces here. I think Randy, you guys sponsored um, Megan. A or Yeah,
4: That was Roxy. I mean, I, I, again, I think you were the only one that I recall. That okay. That Maybe that was just
3: Quicksilver. Yeah. I was
4: the only one that had a Quicksilver board or Quicksilver logo on their board during, you know, those early nineties. And then you switched. Like I, it's funny. I was looking at that, that surfer magazine, you were on the cover and on the cover, you know, where it says Lisa surfs better than you. You've got a Quicksilver, Jersey on, you've got a Quicksilver logo on your board, but then mm-hmm. you've got Roxy board shorts yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which those board shorts we couldn't keep in stock, but then on the inside, on some of the editorial feature, you've got a, a Roxy logo on your board. So yeah. that's right when things were kind of shifting from you, kind of being on the Quicksilver team with Boothie and the boys, to kind of Roxy was kind of on their own and had we kind of had our own budget and our own little kind of. Yeah. kind of routine then and we were doing enough business to justify it you know so yep. yeah that that was the change right then what
0: what year was that randy like 93 92
4: yeah it was 94 you know I mean, Ninety four. yeah this is great so the cover was like, 94
3: yeah
4: lisa i feel like i'm bonding with you i i, I know so much more
1: about your life yeah I, I
3: i seriously don't remember so much stuff
2: <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> so i gotta so be rewarding. honest
1: i watched that movie trouble it was really really good and um, I remember seeing the part where uh, you you got put on Quicksilver. Did you guys go on a surf trip? Uh,
3: like
4: a Quicksilver
1: trip, Bobby, with Luthy and Matty Hoy and that. Trip, oh that yeah one. yeah yeah
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was. Um, we went to. I went to G Land. Is that the one you're talking about? I think so. I think so. One? Yeah. Oh yeah, with the whole crew in the shot with Wayne Lynch and all that. Yeah yeah, so that was
1: yeah. like your first like, Quicksilver. Yeah. Quicksilver trip
3: yeah that was crazy and that you're was, the
1: only only girl
3: on the first one yeah okay yeah, that was pretty amazing
1: yeah yeah tell that us was... about that like
3: <laughs> that was really fun um it was the first time I'd been in like on a, a like that was like the most thrilling adventure because it was so far away. and um you know the whole ride out to the jungle all the different like elements the bus ride the being in a country where you'd never seen third world conditions before, yeah. So it was it was pretty eye opening, and um, every trip I've been on, I, I learned as I went along, and that trip definitely taught me a lot. But being isolated out there and in the elements, and pushing, having to like really lift your game because you're amongst your heroes and and people you looked up to. So also, you're trying to create your own brand and make a name for impress everybody like i think that was my my whole thing i would go to bed at night thinking okay i've got tomorrow i've got to like pull into the barrel you know (laughs) um to impress everybody because you know i've got to i want to i want to keep living this way yeah yeah um so i just remember uh yeah just i remember just being in fear every day paddling out at the very top at the very top of the point to jump in, but then it was cool because we had Terry Huey and we had Hornbaker and we had the crew with the jet skis. So we were safe. Yeah. And, and Jeff was always so, um, really good at, you know, making sure that you, 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 um, you're in your best spirit or you, 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 you could show you in your best light or your best, you know, element and stuff. So, he was always a genius at that. And so he would never put me in a situation where I wasn't having fun or didn't look like I was having uh, the best time ever. So um, I was just so lucky. I had the, We had the best crew. Creeksilver just had the best team, the best of the best out there. Yeah, and yeah. I, just, I just remembered the best moments of my life.
1: Dude, I, I'd give anything to be part of that crew on that trip, man. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Good crew. They they were dominating. and I mean, they Quicksilver at the time was putting out, I mean, insane movies every year. You know, the team was insane. Um, and Jay Larson and you, was on Quicksilver. I, I was, well, you know, for, <laughs> for a few years, buddy. Um,
1: he made it but, in a couple of those videos.
0: Yeah, a couple, you know. If I have those VHS tapes somewhere, right? But uh, I was just, I mean, for them to embrace you like that, it must have been, you know, Obviously exciting, but yeah, you know, like how was the money though? Ner- Nerve wracking too.
3: Money. So, <clears throat> so during that whole like when the OP thing crashed down, I called Bruce Raymond in Australia because he said to give him the call, and I did. I said, "Hey Bruce," <laughs> um, so the Australia leg starting. Um, I was wondering if you know you guys would be able to to help fly me out to Australia to start the tour. All I need is one ticket. To get there, I'll stay there the whole time and just compete and make my money as I you know, I was just basically like taking I'll take a dollar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was desperate. And so he's like, you know, all right, let me, you know, talk to the crew. And like so basically back then everything worked different. There was this like pool of money that, you know, all the Quicksilver brands would put in and and they would gather funds to help support a surfer. It was international funds, right, Rand. Yeah. And um so basically Omar Reeve, the wetsuit part of Quicksilver, like everyone you know, put in money to this pool to, to basically pay for your, your sponsorship. And, um, so he would go and call up everyone and and get money. And basically like he came to me with a piece of paper and said, all right, here, here's what I've got. You know, this crew gave you 1500, this crew gave you 1500 and this crew gave you two grand. And then I would sign on the piece of paper and I still have the paper.
1: Dude, you you gotta take a picture of that and send it to us. I,
3: I have all the different contracts from before, you know, I did my big, big deal, Later on, but um, it was just like I was just so stuck. I didn't care. I just wanted to surf for Quicksilver. It didn't matter if they gave me fifty bucks. Like that was like your dream was to be on that team. Like that was the ultimate. You so, made it. You so know?
1: basically, they were crowdfunding for you. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then um, so I ended up getting to bells, uh, and I won the contest down there with a the Quicksilver sticker on my board wow. in front of like in front of Alan Green and john law and all the quicksilver crew down in australia which was huge what, what um, was your
1: ranking then do you remember
3: uh, i think i don't remember I, I don't know i think i had not made the top 13 maybe so Something they like
1: they just like the way you surf right basically yeah, i guess <laughs> yeah they saw potential and they said well she kind of rips she has potential i
3: also think that they were getting a little pressure to sponsor a girl and i think that they wanted to and um they were looking at a lot of different girls like wendy Botha, um lane beachley and they were looking at a lot of options and because people were like going okay quicksilver kind of you know maybe uh could sponsor a girl and i don't know that's just stuff i'm thinking that they were doing but uh i just wanted to i wanted to get that spot
0: yeah (laughs) what what was what was the prize purse for winning uh that that yeah bells
3: was four grand for first sweet
1: yeah, you keep pro, uh, do you keep all your trophies or
3: I don't know where some of them are. But <laughs> I think one of them is in HSS somewhere. Nice. But, yeah.
1: What was uh what? It's, it might be a stupid question, but what's your mem- most memorable win? Win. Yeah. Oh, uh, has to. That's be a great question. Bells.
3: Actually. Bells. <laughs> well, it has to be bells, or it has to be that whole that that little month window because i went to australia i showed up at bruce's house i actually served in a in a non-ranking event like a specialty event it was in queensland and i won that event but it was uh i think the most memorable had to be my first win ever which was against pambridge in uh, burley heads wow uh uh back when i was still with dave and i was with billabong and um that had to have been my first huge that was like eight grand for first. It was like a triple A wow. prize
0: So first win, biggest prize. How are the all, waves? All
3: of that? I I'd not really I don't I think it was kinda it's kinda sloppy, but Burley can be pretty challenging, but I yeah. love Burley. That's one of my favorite waves. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So then now you're riding for Quicksilver. Yep. Roxy wasn't born yet, right?
3: Kind of Not
1: is. Exact, nope. So so is it because of you that they created Roxy? No.
3: <laughs> no Come on, uh, take the credit. Take come the on. credit. No, no, no. So the, so, the story so, goes there. The that... story is that those guys were in Hawaii, you know, and so girls were surfing in guys' shorts all the time, you know, right. especially in Hawaii at pipeline the boogie boarders were wearing them. Um in their string bikinis, but they were wearing those big long, where they were like twenty one inch shorts or twenty two inches or <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and so I think that the guys were sitting there, and I I think the story goes that Bob and someone else was sitting on the beach, and they noticed that girls were wearing trunks, and they thought, well, why don't we make them for girls? Um, And Randy, I lost you, so I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I think that that's how it started.
1: I think we lost Randy. Let me try it, ringing him again. Randall.
3: (laughs) It just has a big exclamation. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I see
0: there him. He there he is.
3: is.
1: <laughs> He's back.
4: Well, I'm still with you. yeah. I was I could see you guys. I don't know what technically what happened there. Um To board yeah, short to, to, to back up maybe one little chapter there, you know, Quicksilver's looking to grow, you know, 1989-90, nine, right? Um, so the story this is before even they were looking to do women's and did they call it Quicksilver? Um, You know, Danny Quack and McKnight are in a room, and they're coming up with a bunch of names. And Roxy just bubbled up to the top for a lot of reasons. Um, You know, Quack was rooting because it's Roxy music. That was he was a punk rocker, right? Um, You know, Bob McKnight, his daughter is named Roxy. You know, crazy. It was just kind of this word that looked good. You know, just no market studies. Just you know, two guys in a room deciding, yeah, let's just do that. Um, But it didn't. We. It wasn't, didn't start off as really a surf brand. It was a, it was kind of, remember when Grunge was kind of happening? Yeah. Um, it was kind of just like oversized flannel shorts for girls. And then Lisa's story, uh, I was actually at the beach with McKnight. It was the pipe, um, pipe finals that, 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 um, you know, Tom Carroll just did that crazy snap, right? Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. I think it was 91. And I was actually on, on the beach with McKnight and we just started, are hearing all these words that that like boys board shorts were blowing out in Hawaii, like they just couldn't keep them in stock, right? So our local rep, Glenn McCaw, is going, "You guys, you got girls, you got to do girls, you got to do girls." Yeah, whatever. You don't even know you're in Hawaii. You don't even know what's up. And but he was he was hearing it, watching it, and then then that moment that Lisa just was like that moment of like, oh, now I get it. And again, leave it to the Lions to. You know have you know to be wearing and having style that's appropriate in the water so again you know that's where the girls were were the whole boys men's grunge style was kind of happening and the they were just whoops in stock 29s in stock um so then that's when we went to lisa you know that's when we were all kind of starting young i just had met lisa and you know, it was kind of very clear. It's like, well, if we're going to do this, we've got to, what does Lisa think? Would she wear these? And again, Lisa, it'd be great to hear from you kind of what your thoughts were. But yeah, it was, okay, well, that's a good <laughs> Why do it if Lisa is not into it? What do you think, Lisa? So that was, that was we kind of relied on her to, to, to give it like a thumbs up or thumbs down, you know?
1: So did they create the board short with a Quicksilver logo first and then named it Roxy or... No
4: no, by that, that Roxy had been out for a year or two.
1: Okay.
4: You know, it wasn't really doing anything. It was just kind of struggling, tiny, no vision. You know, it had the double, the, it had the heart logo, you know, the... Who, who came the up logo. with that heart logo? Yeah, you know, that's a great story. It's the first question I asked when I started. Still don't know to this day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you
0: think it, you think it was mild. just stickers, just somebody doodling on the desk, or the just looked at it as like an upside down, I don't know, mirrored, mirrored, Quicksilver logo it turned into a heart. It's it. It was genius.
1: Mm-hmm. We we lost Randy again. But he's there. I, is he? I heard yeah. I heard that it was a uh, one of the uh, European uh, licensees or whatever distributor that his wife like flipped one over next to another one, and that's how they came up with the the heart logo. Am I back with you guys? Yes.
4: Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, again, the French will take credit. Um, for, um.
1: <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Randy.
2: <laughs>
1: Come on, Randy. Get back in there. So, so Lisa, when they, yeah. when they f- let you know that they were going to start this brand, Roxy, right? Did they go, and you're going to be the face of Roxy? Is that how it went down or how did it go down? No.
3: To... It's not like they came to you and said, yeah, you're going to be the face. It just was like, we're going to make these board charts and I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> um, I I mean, for one, being a tomboy and always wearing like, you know, shorts and being not comfortable in a bikini or shy or, you know, I had the most gnarly board chart tan you've ever seen. <laughs> and so, uh, I was super stoked to be um, wearing board charts. I, I was over the moon. It was like, the perfect marriage for me you know yeah yeah
0: were they making uh like women's wetsuits at that time no 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 no
3: yeah i was wearing like those uh the wetsuits with a little um the pattern on the leg you know like and then they had the quicksilver on the butt
1: yeah
3: (laughs) i love that old stuff bring it back
0: it's coming back i remember my first quicksilver wetsuit and they had the the zippers up the shoulder to the neck (laughs) Oh, the first like you know backless zip suit, it was gnarly, gnarly rash. <laughs> but inventive, I loved yeah. it.
1: So so Randy, you were you were saying I forget what you were saying. You were starting to say the French would take credit for it, but
4: <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about the logo, you know. So the yeah the first bit day on the job, I see this logo that's a heart that's a mirror image of the Quicksilver logo, right? So it's a kind of a graphic brand guy i'm looking at going okay that is epic we're going to put that on everything who did it and no no one the building knew they go i think it came from france you know so okay <laughs> so you know that's all right i'll give her french credit um we love them and so i call marichu, who who lisa mentioned earlier who's like just rad and Rachel, what's up who did this she goes i don't really know let me ask around so come to find out they did have a license in turkey remember Lisa, did you ever did you ever meet the turkey license remember yeah. fair dog you remember him? yes yeah so anyway he did all their denim and was a sharp guy apparel rag guy had a, had a good eye and supposedly a graphic designer did a t-shirt and, and just did that as a t-shirt reference that ended up just bubbling up its way up to what we still live with today but never got a name never got confirmation of that but you know again it came from europe somewhere we'll, we'll give europeans credit for that one
0: got it got it so so roxy didn't really come out of the gates swinging but that board short helped catapult the brand
4: yeah it actually launched in 1990 it launched as kind of a denim line quick did a denim line uh for a little bit there um and It was, again, kind of grunge wear. It was kind of, you know, Pearl Jam Nirvana was happening. It was flannel shirts. It was kind of like sportswear that was whatever. It was okay. But it just didn't have its own identity, right? Right. Yeah. That moment we were talking about just now with Lisa, you know, pipeline moment, you know, TC doing the snap at pipe finals, 91, you know, boys board shorts selling out in Hawaii, Hawaiians saying we need girls board shorts, you know, and then we went to Lisa. Lisa, what do you think? boys board shorts or guys you know shorts for girls and that's where she said yeah i'm all over it but they got to be short i don't want no weird tan lines you know i got to (laughs) make them short you got to make them short and they got to hung my bun you know they can't be like (laughs) baggy boy shorts you know so she helped us fit them i mean she came in and did fittings and directed it and told us what's up and you know and then that was 90 probably 92 to 93 and then Lisa gets on the cover of Surfer Magazine, you know, she, surf, she surfs better than you, claiming on the cover of Surfer Magazine, wearing the pair of board shorts that now are out. And then it became this crazy two, three-year runaway that we couldn't keep up with it. Man. I mean, the industry did not know, we didn't know what had happened. Um, I remember we were sitting after year one, we blew out of whatever, we made 5,000 shorts, and, and we were projecting for the next year at McKnight, is sitting at those meetings, projection meetings, and how many we're we going to make next year? I go, guy, I think we can double you guys, ten thousand. And he looks at me, you're such a pussy. Dude. <laughs> dude, he, he goes, I could sell sandbagger. 10, he said, I could sell ten thousand on one phone call. You're such a kook, ten thousand. We're going to do fifty thousand. We're going to do, do fifty thousand. I go, bro, 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 no, no, don't do fifty because you know what the problem is. We're not going to sell them, and then you're going to Give me heat, and then I gotta discount on them. And no, come on, let's just make twenty, dude. You're such a pussy. I could sell, <laughs> I could sell twenty with two phone calls. Are you kidding me? So we ended up doing fifty that at projections, but then we chased it, and we ended up doing I think sixty thousand that year. I mean, it was oh my gosh. We we had the tiger by the tail. I mean, was
0: there was, a, like, was there any other brands like putting out women's product? within? nobody, the sort of, nobody, nobody, right? nobody. Yeah. We, we were by
4: ourselves for two or three years pt was the first at rusty he was the first and he admitted goes randy he called me up and he goes hey randy i just want you to know is it cool if we draft behind you guys i go no i we need i need yeah. you. come on yeah that, the industry needs this pt come come so so i give him credit as rusty the lead at rusty because he saw it and he saw how the it was resonating at the beach with the girls and he goes randy we're going to just draft right behind you i'm just going to copy your short if you're cool with that i go yeah bro do, let's do it it's
2: crazy but, Yeah,
0: Yeah, the surf surf shops needed that too. It's hard to, you know, sell Mm -hmm. a a department or a category with just one brand. It's healthy competition is always good. Yeah, no, so it was a good Um, thing.
1: I remember I was at Huntington Surf and Sport and um, Quicksilver was a big, was one of our biggest brands. I mean, bar none. And we had that, remember when we had that, I think we had one of the first Quicksilver board riders clubs. Jobs. Yeah, you know, the shop,
4: the first, the mm-hmm. first, the first was in Waikiki in, in the international marketplace. And you guys were the second one. Yeah. Yeah. HSS was second.
1: That, that, that room that they, they built with the aquarium, the shark, yeah. the, mm-hmm. it so was awesome. so insane. And all mm-hmm. the, remember Steve, Steve Jones, right? He yeah, was he like Jones, one Steve of the curators Jones. of the room that brought and like, Peter,
4: and let's not forget Peter Shaw
1: Peter yeah. Schroff, <laughs> Yeah. Both those guys coming into the store, like looking so weird with their yeah. that weird dog that Shroff had. Yeah. And and you know the skinny artist Steve Jones and they come in with these like hula dancer porcelain, you know, porcelain. So good. Yeah, like and ukuleles and like um the and then when they finally were finished with it and you saw the room you're like wow. This is yeah. freaking insane. This yeah. is modern art, right?
4: Those guys were next level, for sure. Yeah,
0: picture just... frames of all kinds of lifestyle images. It wasn't so just good. a big surf shot. So good. You know, yeah, it was really curated. Awesome.
1: And then, you know, being right there, I mean, Huntington Beach at that one point in time was the mecca of surfing, right? Like, the industry was watching what was happening. You know, every Quicksilver, Billabong, Volcom, everybody was focusing in on Huntington, especially during the summer months to kind of amplify what they did all over the world. Right. And, um, dude, I remember when Roxy first came out and, and, you know, it got real feminine real quick and it was like cute, like California beach lifestyle clothing. And all of a sudden like Quicksilver was smaller than Roxy.
4: Right? Yeah, yeah, that that, that did, <laughs> did kind of peak. Yeah, you know, fast forward about 10, 15 years, but I, I want to say right at the peak of the industry, like 2006, 2007, Roxy did surpass Quicksilver, who, who was the biggest surf brand at the time. It surpassed Quicksilver in volume on a global scale. So Roxy, for a, a year or two there, was the number one surf brand beyond any of the men, bigger than Rip Curl, totally, bigger than Billabong, bigger than Quicksilver. Yeah. It, It's it's an example to me, even to this day, of the power of the women consumer and the power Mm -hmm. of of, of women surfing. We, you know, with the downturn since '07, it's kind of been forgotten about and kind of been put put in the back seat again. Of like, of like, no, 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 we got to shore everybody up. We got to support the men's brand, which is great. I get it, but there's still like an engine that hasn't been fired up again. Mm In my opinion, it's my feeling.
0: Well, you guys—I mean, you guys just didn't do surf. You guys went after the snowboard market, the board rider market. You went after the bikini. You went after the fashion. You guys
2: mm-hmm.
0: didn't limit yourselves. You kind of left—you know—left yeah. the gates wide open.
1: Remember the you Roxy know. luggage with the Lugget. pretty yeah,
3: like—that some... was crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
4: We, we did. We did perfume. I, I don't know. Yeah,
3: I have. I still have two bottles of it and <gasps> sex wax with the perfume. Sex
4: <laughs> wax. Yeah, so so this is a funny story. So we 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 did wax. We went, oh, let's scent it like the perfume. So, <laughs> yes. so, so, but it was too intense. Remember, Lisa? Oh, it you'd,
3: smells so bad. I still have you'd, it. It's like-
4: you'd wax your board, and all of a sudden, the 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 smell was so intense. It was just like, oh, this is this is lame. I can't <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. So
3: never
1: made it to market.
4: No, no, we did it. Yeah, yeah, the fragrance made them. It was a big I thing. Did, I'm a big
3: collector, so I collected everything crazy that we made. Like, yeah,
4: it was a big know, thing in Europe. It, you know, perfumes and fragrance in Europe are really yeah. big.
3: I remember but, when we went there to test out all the scents. It was We were right on the Champs-Élysées, like in the perfume, and, you know, and center of the world. Like fancy, just,
4: fancy room, yeah.
3: Yeah, we got real fancy. <laughs> so, Lisa, uh,
1: tell us about your first world championship.
3: Yeah, it was nice. It was. Worth- <laughs> Let's go. Let's hopefully you can so remember. Morning.
1: Hopefully you can remember um, the contest year, that first like year. What was it? Talking about
3: Roxy, it's so much more fun. I learn every. No wait, dude. To We're Randy. talking about you
1: right now.
0: We got. We got to talk both. I
3: like that, you know. listening to Randy talk. It's so soothing. No,
1: <laughs> Randy's done um, talking for a second.
3: I like. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, it was wonderful. I, I, yeah, it was emotional. It was. Uh, How many
1: contests did you win that um,
3: year? On that, that year, all of them. <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe maybe five, but I made Damn. finals, so maybe maybe four or five, and then made finals and got second a couple times. So That's you dominated hard. that year. Yeah, I think the first. Wait, yeah, first year was rough because I ended up getting injured, and then I had to, uh, I had to, um, miss the Hawaii event because I couldn't serve. So I went to Australia to to get physical therapy on my back and worked with uh, Quicksilver Trainers and Tom Tom Carroll and <clears throat> to uh, do some fitness training to get to be able to surf in the last event because all I needed to get was like a third or no sorry a fifth place to to win the title.
4: Um, Rob Roland Smith.
3: Yes, Rob Roland Smith. Was the trainer? Yeah. Yeah. He trained Potts. He trained Tom. He trained Boothie. He trained the whole quickie team and. Danny Wills and on um, sample so, Cam and all that. So
1: that year you got uh, hurt mid-year and had to sit yeah. out a couple events?
3: Yeah. So basically I think what happened was um, I had surfed pregnant with Erica uh, for, <laughs> for that whole year before because I was afraid of not qualifying and I, I didn't want everyone to know I was pregnant for like at least five months. So I surfed the whole first part of the year pregnant. And I think what happened was after I gave birth, I was so like my physical uh well-being wasn't very good, like my spine <laughs> for one. My my, you know, physical fitness was not very good and I just started straight up surfing like crazy. So I think by by mid-year my back just sort of like uh, got, so I got sciatic uh, a nerve pinch, you know, so it just kind of fell apart. And uh so that I had to stand uh sit out the Hawaii event and go straight to Australia like to pre-plan to surf that last event just to get that to make sure I could seal the world title so wow. it was all going it was all going great until that happened and I thought oh shit uh, yeah.
1: yeah and that was your first
3: one yeah
1: yeah wow what a what a dramatic way to win your first world title like
3: it the- was it was seriously the most dramatic and most painful thing ever because I, I had to surf through pain and, and the one of the strategies with Rob and um at the time, was to make me surf through pain, or to to push me past pain, so that when I was in the heat, I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about surfing the heat to yeah. try to win. Like the job was to win and not worry about pain. So what was really hard was just to be able to to to, to endure that pain during that. Wow. And then I, I surf, surfed in one heat, and I ended up winning in the last minute. And then I didn't even surf the rest of the contest. I just I could not. I didn't have to.
1: That's crazy. That's crazy.
3: I mean, to think
1: back, like, you know, how dramatic that was, because, you know, here you are, you've never won a world champion, you won, did you win the first two events or, like, you're finaling Mm -hmm. and you were, like, gaining momentum and you're thinking to yourself, fuck, this is going to be my year,
2: right? And then you get hurt. And then?
3: No, it was was going to be, um, and, yeah, that happened, and... The crazy thing, the really crazy thing, is the second place surfer Pauline Menser needed needed to win the last three events in order to win the world title again. She had, she was a world champion the year before, and she needed to win the last two events to overtake me. She ended up winning in Hawaii when I wasn't there, oh. and so that made it even more stressful. <laughs> and and then I drew the the best amateur from Narabeen, which was even more stressful, like the wild card. Oh. And then I ended up getting it on my last, very last wave, the last minute with priority. And Did so you cry? I cried. <laughs> like I, I, I cried because I Erica was like, right, you know, running at the beach. So that was like super emotional. Oh my and, uh, gosh! Bruce, Bruce Raymond and his family—they were all there, so it was really cool. And um, uh, and then Pauline won that contest. Oh
1: my gosh! <laughs> she still so, won the contest. Yeah. But she I'm got fifth, it. and you sealed the deal. Yeah. Wow.
3: <laughs> I was like, Al, I remember going, Al Hunt, are you sure you did the points, right? Are you gonna call me and tell me the points are like off? You know, because Al yeah. was doing all the points, like, you know, and I'm like, Oh my god, please, is it real? Is it real? I kept thinking he's gonna call me and say no, I messed up.
1: That's incredible. What a win. What what did you have what to what win is... just your
4: your first heat, Lisa? Was it like what? you won your first heat, you were, you won the world title, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So it was just my yeah. first
0: heat, yeah. So you surfed and then because you're hurt, you didn't com- you didn't continue no, on.
3: I did not. No, wait, no way. You're like,
0: like, I don't even care about the prize money. I'm hurt. No, I, I already got, no. I, I just want the trophy. Thank I was, you very
3: much. I just wanted the trophy. And then I was like, okay, hopefully I have no permanent nerve damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that was a concern at the time. I, I had some, some serious bad nerves damage. So then, and, then,
0: and then you came back, obviously, the next few years. Did the oh, yeah. back still give you uh, wreak havoc those next few years?
3: Oh, yeah. It continued and continued, and it ended up making me I have to make a decision whether I stay on tour or not. And I had a second child, Mason, and then I was like, look, I really love this home lifestyle thing. It's pretty nice. And just having the kids be, you know, a routine, uh, you know, just some sort of normalcy was like kind of – you know, I was getting soft. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was just kind of thinking, um, I don't want to surf halfway. I, I hate. Um, I didn't want to surf unless I could surf the best I could surf. You know. Yeah. I didn't. I wanted. I still want to impress people. I still want to perform, and and if I'm not like performing at the highest level, I, I don't want to do it.
1: So you went. That's won, gonna be tough. You you rifled off four in a row,
3: right? Okay. Yes, That's Kelly. Insane. Kelly did four in a row too, but I beat him to the punch. There you yeah,
1: go. you got one. You won up him. Yeah,
3: you hear bit. that goat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Randy, you guys—I mean, Quicksilver in the '90s had two of the best athletes out there, dominating yeah. men's and women's. How how was that for for biz? Was it just <laughs> <laughs> <fun>? <laughs> couldn't,
4: couldn't hurt, right? No, it wasn't, we, you know, we were fortunate at the time we had the biggest checkbook, you know, I mean, no, no one could touch us. First company to go public, you know, first company to have their own stores, you know, so we were on a crazy roll. I mean, to back up to the nineties, Roxy had to get created as was the first store, as was first surf brand to Du boys because the industry was downturning. I don't know if we remember, but remember post neon, remember the industry just bottomed out, right? All of a sudden everyone's just making blackboard shorts, mm-hmm. lost with what to do and, You know, again, I give Quicksilver and McKnight credit of like, they just said, well, great, we're going to downsize. Let's regroup. Let's do new stuff. Let's do boys. Let's do girls. Let's do stores. Let's do the Eddie. You know, that's where the Eddie came from, right? Yeah, and the Roxy Pro events too. Yeah, that was your deal, right? Lisa, didn't you convince us to do that?
3: Yeah, I mean, we needed to have women's events and we needed to, you know, because we, you know, I think a lot of people were like saying, okay, well, you guys are – killing it but you guys putting back into pro sports and in pro surfing because right. you know you get that and so i think it was time for us to sponsor an event and you know be part of that whole scene in that way the girls were all getting benefit from roxy not just one of their surfers or some of their team you know yeah that it was all a big big uh big support for the women's surfing lisa
0: lisa did you ever get any like big like non-endemic like contracts and you, you know be, being the face of women's surfing and being a four-time champ, you know world champion did you get hit up from from other brands or other No. i mean lisa no,
1: come on remember box
3: a <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's yeah, not endemic that's how i met sal masakela yeah he picked me up at the airport <laughs> he was like the team manager
1: hey how bad were those shoes though
3: oh my god they're so bad they guys. were the worst <laughs> but I, we sold
1: them, I them at hunting and surfing sport i was like
3: what are these <laughs> but then i went to i actually surfer reef though those guys ended they, those guys were really cool
1: yeah um, yeah
3: fernando and crew and um talk first. about
1: doing stuff for for the sport i mean getting yeah. into the olympics yeah. was pretty amazing fernando good yes. job
3: The um, reef and then no um no i didn't really at all i, I I no
1: car started. sponsors, no
0: watch sponsor, mm-hmm. or no like
3: no because no, I airline I sponsor. I think that Quicksilver, well, Bruce Raymond's kind of whole thing was to to Keep get us you. yeah like 100%, one hundred percent, like all yeah. that, all sunglasses, yeah. everything. Which in hindsight, I I don't think that was the best choice because I probably could have made better income to this day. You know, yeah. I would maybe made some more, but at the same time, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was a method to the madness. And I wasn't going to say, no, I need, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. We, percent.
1: we bring this up too, like, from time to time, how, how, um, like Hollywood kind of helps elevate our industry when they put out movies. Right. Mm. You remember like what really made to me, what made fricking, um, the women's market, the juniors market, Birdcraft. oh my gosh,
3: yeah. right? Yeah, yep.
1: That was so crazy. I that think- That was the,
3: the birth of all the surf camps and the, the Lycra, you know, the Billabong Lycra, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just that whole, that was like the new, that was the second birth of women's surfing.
1: Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, and that then- was about, That was about
4: 2000, if I recall, right? Yeah, and that was yeah. clearly a second birth, for sure. That yeah. was a great way to stay it, for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah so crazy um yeah. so here we are present day what's uh <laughs> what's randy doing present day i know uh your projects with the uh, surferama
4: um oh yeah that's my that's my instagram handle that's you right. know, it's just like a fun deal but um i produce a vintage um surf skate market in dana point called redo market um it got delayed because of the whole COVID deal, um, but it's coming up. We set a new date in June. We also got an agency, creative agency called Funsters. Um, Danielle Beck, who Lisa, you guys probably know Danielle. She was yeah. our team manager at Roxy, was one of our early hires. We worked together for 20 years. Uh, her and I are partners in an agency, small surf lifestyle agency. We just have home offices, but we have a couple great clients that we love and that keeps us in the mix which is great yeah
1: and, you know, aren't you aren't you instrumental with uh bring like jose cuervo and
4: yep yeah they're they're a the primary wsl yep yep so uh cuervo is the um, spirit sponsor of the WCL. They have been for four years. We put that relationship together, manage it. Um, Just to know, let we'll- you know,
1: we don't have a tequila sponsor yet. So, with Chalky Podcast can use one.
4: You know, we're, we're, we're weighing out our <laughs> options right now. We're shopping around. You know what? I, I think I've got a half a bottle of
0: tequila.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will get us through uh, today.
1: <laughs> so, Lisa, have you ever been to a wave pool? Uh, yes. Which one?
3: Um, I've been to the, the one in Palm Springs before those guys took over. The old... <laughs> <laughs> um, where else? Disneyland. Or Disney World, I should say. Typhoon uh, Lagoon? Yeah. And then I went to Kelly's Pool.
1: You did? You got to surf yeah. Kelly's
3: Pool? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what did you think?
3: Oh, man, uh, it was like learning to surf all over again. <laughs> really? It was hard. I thought it was hard. I mean, it was awesome. It was incredible how many waves uh, did you get I got a lot because luckily because I, I didn't know all this stuff that there's all these politics involved with that pool but that apparently you don't get that many rides or some people aren't getting that many rides but um
1: depends on I, how I, big your group is right
3: right right and I we had just me and Kyle and um uh, a snowboarder no Kyle Belli and oh she's a, okay. a snowboarder and then Alyssa Quezon and that was it. And so I had like thirty-something waves. Like, wow. what? we ran the whole day. We ran from they ran the pool from, like I don't know, eight or nine or something early, all the way till five. So and the snowboarder
1: what, kept falling, right?
3: <laughs> he actually never <laughs> fell. He just went straight the whole time. Oh, um, bummer. But yeah, um, did I was so exhausted. I was exhausted. and My legs were like cramping like halfway through. Uh, wow, you got was, the full
1: experience though.
3: It was really fun. Like I had to stay in the hotel that night because I couldn't drive home. I was so tired. But,
1: um, it's a good like, problem to have. The tachi, yeah. the beautiful
0: Tachi.
3: Yeah. yeah, I was like, should I just go for it and get another night? Yeah, it was like worth it. But um, very hard, very fast. I was frustrated because I wanted to do turns, but I, you know, yeah. it only allows you to like slow down enough. You know. Yeah. And it's uh, so it's, you couldn't really like completely lash out unless, you know, you're that, unless you're John John or something. Yeah. But, um, but fun.
1: Did you get tubed? Did you get,
3: I got tubed some, some, you know what? That was my biggest problem is I kept wanting to get tubed and then I get sucked backwards in the thing and then I would miss a wave. So then I would sit there and go, what was I doing? And it's like, so yeah. it brought me back to that, like, you know, putting pressure on yourself to perform. Because right. everyone's, it's being recorded. People are watching you. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was yeah. like, man, this sucks. And so, you know, when they were having the contest and you, you know, everybody's watching everyone wait for that countdown for the wave to come. Yeah. You your stomach goes <laughs>
1: yeah. upside down. Am I going to, because you hear this CT2 yeah. 30 seconds.
3: 30 seconds and you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. So you're like, I don't want to fall because I don't want to wait but then I just want to rip and then you're like all this stuff going through your mind like okay wait when the guy's like on the ski tells you to go then go in the barrel then come out or whatever.
1: But I then, get frustrated with the guy that oh. yells at you you know you're like shut <laughs> up dude I know I see it I can do this
0: Touch start paddling now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that but that when it's oh. coming at you and you're like okay should I sit right yeah. here next to the wall or my? and then when you start paddling yeah. and you stand up you get like drifted over you know yeah I mean,
3: but like, to me, that's like, it's, there's still nothing like what surfing gives you and and it's sort of like, um, I don't know. It's definitely a spiritual thing, but at the same time, like, you know how you kill that spiritual good feeling by your own ego, you know what I mean? Like getting mad at yourself, but I, I really enjoyed it. It just, and and then I could see how much the, a pool or just surfing in a pool every day, like no wonder why Kelly's so good still. And you know, mastering just simple crafts and, and, or, or trying to perfect just one thing or, or even surfboard technology. Like there's just so many cool things that that wave pool probably can do for anyone.
1: Rick Kane is actually going to happen in this world.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah, for sure. I I I
0: think
1: think we're all going to be hybrids.
0: We're all going to be partial of Rick Kane at some point.
1: (laughs) Randy, have you partaken in the, in Kelly's pool yet?
0: Well, yeah, as a, as a um, you know
4: a a double-minded um, uh, marketer that I am, I convinced Jose Cuervo to be the first corporate sponsor of Surf Ranch, no, knowing
1: knowing I might get a You're few. You're a days. shrewd bastard. <laughs> 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 got to work the angle when you got it. Yeah. Right? Hey, did you did we so, ask um, you about sponsoring uh, the Late <laughs> Night with Chalky podcast? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was
4: getting out a little bit on my end. <laughs> so awesome yeah yeah so uh when you go to uh the surf ranch you only can drink one brand of tequila and it's jose cuervo and because of that we get a few uh few waves during the year so it's it's um yeah that, that place is um best wave in california i think like joel tudor i'll quote Jill tudor on that one no way joel tudor surfed it too yeah the he, cla- he, he claims best wave in california
1: that's incredible. I, I never thought, I thought he was too much of a, a purist. To... He, he was until he got the invite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Invites. They're far and few between, but there's like four more pools going in uh, Palm Springs we hear, huh? Yeah.
4: yeah. Crazy. That's a big one. I, I, I think, I mean, again, from what I've seen in that pool, and if you listen to Kelly and if you watch it, if you've been there, you realize that that wave, they can literally make the wave twice the size it is. They just don't have a pool to contain it, right? You see how that splash happens against the retaining wall? Yeah. Yeah. So the new pool that that KS Wave Co. group is doing in Palm Springs will have, it's a much bigger pool, it's twice as wide, so it can actually handle a bigger wave. So you're gonna see, I think, you're gonna see a monumental change. Wow. In in wave pool technology, in in the Palm Springs Kelly wave. It's gonna be major, right? You're not hearing a
0: quote yet, but you're going to see six-foot-plus waves.
2: That's Get incredible.
0: Out, real deal, for sure. I, think. I hope, As long as it's not like 10-minute lulls, you know, like in between. I yeah.
2: mean,
0: I mean that's, that's their probably biggest challenge to pump out more waves is just to how to contain the, the I, reverb, you I, know.
1: I think they'll, they'll figure it out. I mean, it's, it's kind of just like the ratio between what they have now, and I'm sure they have the math figured out with a bigger pool, with a bigger wave. You know they'll have all that figured out because they're smart people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're smart people. They are. Le- Le- Lisa, who who uh, you, you follow the tour like? Yeah. Are you still passionate about? Like, oh, you know, I watch.
3: I have my favorite events. I watch for sure. I'm am a fan.
0: You do fantasy surfer or any, you play? I any? I don't. I no? don't do
3: that. No, I'm not
0: a. it makes I'm, it so much more like interesting and and.
3: I know. Exciting. I might. I might need to get into it, but we'll
1: join see. our club. We do fantasy kooks. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: if we if there's a tour this year. There's a right? lot of shit
1: talking, though. Right. Right. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, you fit really. right in, Lisa.
0: <laughs> do, do, do you ever look back and be like, wow, I made like zero money compared to what the girls are making today? Or are you excited to see what they're making with like equal pay and, and the yeah, amount of money that's poured into it, the sport?
3: It's really amazing. Um, It's insane. Like I was talking to Steph the other day and she's like, um, saying that they're still giving them their last place prize money during these events that they're not having. Wow! So they're, they, I'm just like, fuck. What?
1: <laughs> what? Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm getting. You're getting back on hour. tour, Lisa. I uh, know, but no, I I think it's insane that they're doing that. I mean, that's yeah. just that's incredible.
0: That's thank you, sponsors. Thank you, yeah. WSL, supporting yeah. in these tough times.
3: Yeah, yeah, for and, sure.
0: And uh, yeah, we we you know we are sales reps, and you know our our livelihood is small small businesses, mom and pop and, in core, uh, retail and surf shops and, and whatnot. So we're, we're always, um, trying to push any type of support, you know, for the local community.
2: Yeah. And
0: we love people that support, um, us in this industry.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: You're here. We're here. We're doing it. <laughs> and we got this little podcast as, a, as so, a side gig, but it's kind of blowing up.
1: What, what, uh, Yeah. Well, what do you think about foiling, Lisa? Oh my God. Have you tried it uh, yet?
3: No, I, I, with my back and the condition that it's in, I, I dare not. Yeah. So. Dare not.
2: Yeah. I oh, just had when,
3: back surgery in like in December. So, um, I finally got to that nerve problem. Yeah.
1: Are you, are you interested in it? Do you feel like trying it someday?
3: Um, I would, I'm interested in trying for yeah. sure. But, uh. You know, just
1: like, we had a Jody of, Cooper on the show. Uh, not Jody Cooper, sorry. Jody Nelson. Okay. Um, and she's a huge foiler.
3: Oh, yeah. Joey yeah. like, loves a lot of war sports, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. She's very active, for sure. What other hobbies are you into if you, you know, if, well, you, if your back's not broken?
3: Here's one of them.
1: A dog? Uh,
3: nice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he so, he, are, are, he I, or she? I love
3: animals. That's a she. I have, like, a puppy thing right now. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I'm... I'm a bit of a nomad, a bit of a hermit, I should say. But uh, it's good times for me right now because I would be doing the same thing probably. (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, I'm into gardening. I love being outside. Uh, I love collecting. Um, I still want to surf, but I think I'm trying – I'm in that like – phase where i'm trying to figure out what i'm gonna do yeah. <laughs> like mid, mid, it's all about mid-length don't be scared it's okay yeah it's i'm 51 <laughs> so i definitely hit that benchmark of like what the fuck next because this is gonna change a lot of stuff's gonna change after all this is happening right now but for me i kind of look at it as like a good thing because yeah. everybody's gonna have to reinvent again and i think that's the best time for opportunity
1: yeah, so, yeah. yeah. positivity
3: yes Absolutely. Yep. And creativity more, and change. More. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, so, what, uh, do
0: you, what do you think about, like, the current, like, industry right now? You know, there's a lot of changes prior to this, you know, COVID, you know, kind of closure. Yeah, um, you
4: know, I, I just think, um, like, you know, I agree with Lisa 110%. I think, you know, there's going to be more people surfing than ever. So I think if you're in the hard good space, you know, be it surfboards, fins, wetsuits, you know, I, I think there's going to be a tremendous – you know, continued growth. If you're making apparel with a logo on it, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough go. It's, it's been 10 years of downsizing and I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's over yet. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. the, the retail model has changed. Um, I think the brands that are, that are aggressive, and there's a, definitely a few that, you know, if you're good online and if you're good with direct to consumers and you've got a voice and aggressive with building an audience directly to the consumer, I think you're going to be fine. But, um, you know, the retail model, brick and mortar, in, in the traditional sense, has just changed dramatically in years. And I think we're going to see it even go to the next level once we come out of this, for sure.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, so, it, but again, I agree with Lisa, opportunity, look what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lo- love what um, has been bubbling up from the industry in terms of new content. Um, it's rad. It's, yeah, great yeah. on, you know? so it's yeah. a great time for newness, for sure.
1: For, we forgot to ask you, Lisa, once you, uh, you're you done with your injury and you're back in the water, what West Coast Board Riders Club are you going to be part of? <laughs> huh? You got to claim HP, so, girl.
3: I had so many of you guys like, texting me from Huntington. I've, oh, who was it? I was. They were like super pissed. They're like, wait, you're doing St. Clemente?" I'm like, I've been down here f- six years now. So isn't that legit? No, I don't know. Actually I only did one of those events and You uh, did do one. Yeah, I did one and um
4: They're crazy.
3: It was, it, it, I really loved that, that how it brought us old crew back together again. Yes. Yeah. And it was so fun seeing all the familiar faces and everybody just we just stood around and laughed and talked story and cheered on our, our young kids. Because the young so kids awesome. that were representing it was a lot of fun and I love being part of the community. Yeah. So whether it's Huntington or San Clemente or anywhere else for that matter, because I know I feel like I'm part of all these little small communities like Laguna and Dana Point and all that. But it's just fun to see everybody, and I, I, I just love being at those events in general. I think that's a really uh, just a special part of like that's what's been new lately that I've noticed in in surfing around here.
1: Yeah, it's great what uh, West Coast board riders bring into to each of the communities and kind of you know kind of come getting rid of the the localism and and negative, you know, facts about surfing. Um, But yeah, also like it's rad to see legends on the beach with future legends. You know,
3: you get to surf with like little young, the younger kids. But also for me, it's like there's so many young kids here in San Clemente that you don't get waves. So yeah. <laughs> I figure, I, I figure if I'm out there like supporting them and we're in heat together, they'll know me and they'll be like, Oh, so next time we're serious, she's cool." <laughs> give me a break. kid. She's cool. She really, yeah. she's
2: cool.
0: <laughs> I mean the competitive side of it is, is amazing, you know, cause you do get that, you know, that generation breakdown and, and everybody's rooting on each di- division. But, um, yeah, being able to like see all those old friends is is incredible. I mean everybody's in their own little world doing their own thing and you don't really you know, outside of maybe following it on social media to see them in person doesn't right. feel like yeah, you know, you skipped a day. I haven't seen you in like ten years. And you see no. somebody you're like, Oh my gosh.
3: Are you kidding me? Like Pat O'Connell lives fifteen minutes from me. <laughs> and, I, and I see him once a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But just the training ground too for the youngsters. I know there's you know, a lot of parents out there that are, you know, putting in, you know, coaching and, yeah. and, and managers and video yeah. this and that. But yeah. for, for a lot of the kids that can't don't have those resources or afford it, they're being able to, you know, come together um, under this uh, board writers umbrella and get a lot of knowledge from, you know, a lot of, you know, true inexpensive or pretty much free, you know, give back from the, yeah. from the older pros. I
3: get calls up from the middle school shortlist here and I go down in the morning and, and talk to their uh, middle school girls on Thursdays, not every Thursday, but maybe every few months. That's cool. And you get to like meet all the the young Groms that serve T Street and uh there's a so many girls right now. It's so crazy. many girls. So many. So many.
0: Yeah, I was at a lower's uh I don't know a week or two ago before they closed it down and yeah, there was this a uh, you know, rat pack of Groms and half of them were girls. It's ripping.
3: Yeah, yeah. Totally. I, if, you see see. Any, if you see a bunch of them in, in Roxy suits, is because I clean out my closet and I donate them all to the surf <laughs> class. Okay.
1: Good. Um, are <laughs> your forward. Are your kids in the water or no? No. no. You're like no, don't do that.
3: <laughs> no, no. They even get mad when I invite them to the beach. My, my son does not like sand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he might come around later.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. What about you, Randy? You got. Uh, I got
4: one daughter. Yeah, she's um in her twenties. You know, she surfs a little bit. Kind of, if it's if it's warm or if it's Waikiki, you know, oh. um, she'll go out. But yeah, she's not gonna put on a wetsuit and go
0: out in the water for sure. Ah, uh,
3: Ali, sweetie. Yeah,
0: Allie, you remember
3: Sweetie Pie?
0: Yeah. So what what board are you riding, Randy? Right now, what's your go to for
4: for uh, surf? I got a 10 foot Skip Fry that, you know, you know, I, I surf old man. So I, I, I'm one of the youngest ones in the lineup, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and I, I, you know, my 10 footer, I at least get my share of waves. So that's my little quiet corner,
1: you know, Randy's the back paddler at, at Sano. (laughs) That young buck. I
4: haven't figured out that move yet. I, 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 I'll watch the young crew do
1: it. Surf with Larson one day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't see anybody in the lineup. Yeah, I'm like a thoroughbred with just my my blinders on. Just what? <laughs> Look at this wave. It's empty.
1: What do you What do you usually ride, Lisa?
2: Still Merrick?
3: Channel Islands. Yeah, I've been riding those sports for quite some time, but late recently, I've been down to the fun twin fins and stuff. Nice. Uh, I have one that I really really love. Like, been able to just try to slow down surfing a little bit for me. Like it's hard when you, when you're riding thrusters and you still want to surf like Cocoa and all that, but you can't. <laughs> so you, you have to realize that your boards have to get a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker and you want to, you got to slow down a little bit and kind of just cruise. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm starting the cruise control. Nice.
1: So from from the past, the past women surfers, who, who did you, who was like your favorite in the past?
3: Um, as far as oh, so women, gosh, a lot. I mean, I didn't really know. I mean, I, I I did meet quite a few of the women from my past. Um, one, I, I was able to, to meet Ralph son. Nice. And uh, actually, a lot, well, obviously in Hawaii, but before she passed, um, we we had started doing big Roxy events there. So I had that opportunity to meet her. But also we worked with Mario Oberg a few a few years. Um, Lynn Boyer, uh, um, Linda Benson, Linda Benson, uh, the Calhouns, the Calhouns. Um, I met a bunch of the girls, um, recently at the surfing museum, uh, surfing heritage museum. Um, and, uh, there are a bunch of characters. Um, (laughs) there's no (laughs) doubt, like just being able to meet all of those, uh, those pioneers of the sport, um, recently just even to know who they were. And I, really bad with names but i remember faces and they are unbelievable women and they have so much history and it was so cool to meet them and hang out with them um during one of the events we had last year i believe it was and uh uh let's see who else i mean i looked up to oh, yeah, i thought kim Merrick had an unbelievable style uh
0: she read for thing, sure
3: Let's see. You know, Wendy Botha was a huge influence on me because she was the generation before me. Yeah. Frida Zanna was a neighbor of mine. She was um, just a very uh, aggressive surfer. She surfed pretty amazingly. Pam Burridge was super stylish and a groovy human being. Jody Cooper was also really cool. I remember surfing with those guys on the north side of Huntington when they'd come to town during the Opie Pro and and I harassed them because I didn't know better. (laughs) And I remember later on, Jody told me that I was the biggest brat in the water. So it pretty much um, made me realize God, you know, I probably was. And I said, I'm so sorry, (laughs) but um, yeah, it was just all these great memories of surfing with those guys. And, um, you know, uh, see, I'm forgetting a million people, but um, yeah, it was just all of them. They were all like, they're all legends and they're all heroes.
1: Uh, Who, who, uh, who, who in this generation right now this impresses generation. you the most?
3: You know, I'm a big Stephanie Gilmore fan because of... She's just, so good. You know, you can dissect her surfing and, and just be and appreciate every part of it. Um, and then I'm a big fan of Chris Moore because I've seen what she's accomplished since she was such a young girl. And, and I appreciate every part of her surfing too. And I'm a big fan of Coco Ho because I love the technical part of surfing and she's got such a strong technical approach and, yeah. and and does it with style as well but but every one of those girls has such a thing you, you know one thing they stand out for and yeah. not just their like the ability to um you know not their surfing ability but just their their presence in the media and then just the way they carry themselves professionally and like it's just like wow what's happened when surfing it's like yeah. Beyond incredible, so uh, there's a lot to be proud about.
1: Yeah, I'm bummed because you know, before, when, when before WSL and, and ASP, before it was tele- webcasted, you know, we didn't get a chance to see some of the, the your heats from back in the day, and you honestly kind of ushered in that new school of women's surfing, and it's it's a bummer that there's not enough content that we can readily mm. see
3: you know hey that's 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 an interesting point because nowadays everything is filmed and you know because of the social media and yeah there was not nothing done back then i yeah. don't have film of anything like until i started working with quicksilver where we had people paid to yeah. film all the time like, yeah. there was just no documentation of anything yeah you know that's so weird right because like
1: now i watch women's heats you know what yeah, I because mean? totally. the, the yeah. level of surfing and i and You you know, I wanted to give you props because you were like that woman that kind of like made it more exciting to watch.
3: Um, Don't you also think that like, and also too, I've been watching and also surfing a lot with, um, with Kalia Moniz and um, like, you know, back in the day, Cassia, Cassia, um, or Cassia Medor. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. having the opportunity to surf with all those guys, you know, on, on surf trips. Like there's just a lot of surfing to be appreciated that not everybody gets to see every day. Yeah. So you could sit here and just go on and on and on about what you've seen and what you've, you know, what you have learned from watching every type of surfer and every genre. And it's like pretty intense. Like I actually watched the, um, the event up in Nusa this year because I'm a big fan of, um, I've become more of a big fan of, of longboarding than I ever have because of the talent now in that, that sport. Yeah. So
0: those 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 guys are and girls are so creative and, and the and the it, they make it look so easy. But if you've ever ridden a longboard, so hard, and do what they're doing. It's incredible. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> you know what else is really hard? Holding your bladder for three hours.
1: So. <laughs> we
2: got to cut it off,
1: huh?
3: We're 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 uh, yeah we're good too. I
2: yeah.
0: Have a, a, I don't know. A team meeting. I got to get on for for work. Unfortunately, three minutes. So that's okay. a, that's a pee break and a coffee. Lisa,
1: <laughs> Randy. Oh my gosh. This has been a yeah. super fun conversation. Yeah, congr- um, yeah. Congrats
0: on all your guys' uh, body of work, your life and, and everything you guys have uh, contributed to surfing. Thank you.
1: Can you do Thank me a you. favor though? Can you send me like video or um, old pictures of yourself surfing both of you so I could promote it on Instagram? I want to
0: see Lisa in those twenty-one-inch men's board shorts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, man. All right, I'll have to. I'll have the to chance. <laughs> we we have to gotta reinvent, dig deep.
4: But... Yeah, we, we can find. Cool.
0: I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well
2: all right, thanks, Thank you guys. Thank you right, guys so
4: much.
0: Awesome. Have a great day yeah, and stay safe stay and healthy. Safe, healthy.
3: Yep. You too. Peace. See ya.
0: Bye. Bye.